We're back, ladies and gentlemen. It's not Slim Shady. It's Ryan Rothstein. It's John McMullen, NFL Eagles insider, the man, the myth, the legend. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. You can follow myself at Wise Rye, R-Y-E. John still doesn't like that Twitter handle, but he's going to have to adapt, adjust, and overcome. Only for a couple more weeks. That's your span. You'll change it. Yeah, over unders um September sixteenth, I think, is the is the over under date. So um, but John writes more importantly, John writes for Phillyvoice.com uh regarding NFL and Eagles news and notes. So be sure to check uh all of his articles out there. And a lot of our episodes are in those articles. Uh also for Sports Illustrated at SI.com. Uh listen, for all of you loyal listeners out there, it has been about four or five, maybe even six days since our last episode. We do apologize. Um, it's been busy. It's been a busy time to say the least. John has been uh, over at camp every day, and I've been uh, doing a lot with other responsibilities. But we are here, and we're hopefully going to be back on track moving forward. And, John, there has been a lot going on since we last spoke. Um, most notably, and we've talked about this a lot, Andre Dillard. Yeah, uh, and, and it happens, uh, and we are, uh, and here we go with our day. What day is it? It's Friday, yeah, Ryan. So Friday, I think, yeah. Those camp days, and obviously Jalen Mills was talking to us yesterday, and he didn't know what day it was, so that kind of tells you what, what camp does to you. Every day turns into Groundhog Day, but um, Andre Dillard was hurt Thursday at practice, and it was interesting because he was out there, he was he had just returned from a, a, a shoulder strain. Uh, all of a sudden, he's gone. And, and then news breaks, torn biceps, out for the year. Um, and it's plan B now at left tackle. And, and you start to think about it going back to Brandon Brooks's injury over the summer. Now 40% of this offensive line is essentially more than likely gone for the season Um and, hey, that's difficult. That's always been a strength of the Philadelphia Eagles. It is, uh, was supposed to be a strength of the Philadelphia Eagles again this season. And now you start to have more and more question marks. But, you know, the, the silver lining to all of this, and I've been talking to you, Ryan, about this for a long time. Hey, the best left tackle on this team is still Jason Peters. And there's no question. It's not close. Um, so in a way you never want anyone to be injured, uh, but certainly in this strange off season where Andre Dillard, uh, as a young player, didn't get that on field work that the Eagles were counting on when they formulated this plan to move forward. Uh, in a lot of ways, I've said that they should have used the pandemic as an excuse anyway, to kick the can down the road one more year. And now they're going to be forced to, in short term, just for the 2020 season, the Eagles are a better football team with Jason Peters at left tackle. So, John, just to recap and refresh all of our memories, what was the ideal or, barring any injuries, offensive line from left to right? What, what did that look like? 
Well, it, it looked like before, again, early in the process, when yeah. the Eagles decided, when free agency was was coming, uh, and Philadelphia essentially decided to say goodbye to Jason Peters at 38 years old, uh, the plan was Andre Dillard at left tackle. So from left to right would be Dillard, Sayamalu, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. And you could argue at that point because of his pedigree as the 2019 first-round pick, not only a first-round pick, Ryan, a guy they traded up for. So that's one that Howie Roseman, and, and I always say this, this is not picking on Howie Roseman. This is every general manager in this league. They want their first-round picks to succeed. So those guys are going to get longer ropes. And I think everybody knew – Look, Jason was still playing at a high level. I, I Today I put on Twitter, you go back, pro football focus is not the Bible, but, I mean, they're very good at what they do. They grade every play of every game, um, so they see everybody. The context is there. They rated Jason, graded Jason Peters as the sixth best offensive tackle in football last season. You take wow. right tackles out of the mix, he was the second best left tackle behind Ronnie Stanley in Baltimore, who's kind of universally regarded as currently the best left tackle in football. That's, that's how high that's, that's the context of this. So you can say Jason Peters isn't what he once was. And I think that's fair. And you're concerned. A lot of times he taps out, uh, he, at his age, it's very unlikely he's going to get through 16 games. Uh, it's even more unlikely he's going to play all uh, repetitions in those 16 games. So those are all valid concerns. And we always use that, that phrase that Branch Rickey in baseball was the first one to use it. It's better to give up on a player a year early than a year late. That was the Eagles thinking when they decided, okay, we got to get this moving as far as shifting to Andre Dillard because father time wins against everybody. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, but that's how well Jason Peters played last season. So in the short term, there's no question. He's still a better left tackle than Andre Dillard. Um, Long term, you have concerns, but I, I point to the other. Yeah. Side it's I, we've all been self, uh, not selfish. Um, what's the word I'm, Jeez, we've all been spoiled in Philadelphia, as you've mentioned, regarding the offensive line. We've been very spoiled because we've we've had Jason Peters. We've had the luxury of Jason Peters for a very long time. And his decline has been well, you know, been easily to, easy to spot. But that doesn't mean that he's still one of the best uh, at what he does. And that's clear as day. So, John. Once upon a time, it was Andre Dillard, uh, Sayamalo, Kelsey, Brooks, and Lane. Let's fast forward to today, after the Dillard injury, after the Brooks injury. What is this offensive line going to look like in your mind from left to right now? Well, it's going to be Peters moving back from right guard to left tackle. That part of it's good. So Sayamalo stays at left guard. Kelsey's your center. Matt Pryor moves in or will get at least the first opportunity at right guard um, and and Lane Johnson will be the right tackle still pretty good I mean when you have Kelsey 
uh, when you have Lane Johnson and Jason Peters. And Isaac, I, I think, is underrated, and he's getting better. He's having a good camp. Still, this is – it's funny to say this, but, again, I, I use that word all the time, context. There are a lot of bad offensive lines in this league, a lot of bad offensive lines. And it's funny to say when you lose 40% of your projected offensive line, you're still a top 10 offensive line. That's where the Eagles are because of Jason Kelsey, because of Lane Johnson, because of Jason Peters. They're still a top 10 offensive line. Uh, and, and that's the, the context uh, I think uh, a lot of people m- miss. And then we go back to Halapula Vati Vaitai. <laughs> and you know, Ryan, I mean, this fan base couldn't stand Vaitai. Nope. And he was a tremendous luxury because he was competent as a backup swing tackle. And he also played inside last year. The guy, the guy helped and, the team win the guy, Super Bowl. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, he certainly you know, did. He certainly did. But you know how many people. Oh, I, I know. Him. Oh, here comes Vitae. And, and now I'm on social media this morning. And that's my fault, obviously. But now it's like, what are we going to do without Vitae? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's amazing. That's what I, I, I mentioned, and the it, fan base being spoiled. That's it, that's everything. Like, if Jason Peters wasn't here, we'd be screaming right now, for especially after the Dillard injury. Where's JP? Where's the bodyguard? You know, the fan base bashed him for years. And now they actually have the nerve <laughs> to, to go out and post something like that regarding Big V. Yeah, it, it, and, and, and he was, by the way. I mean, it was just like Jason Peters is and has been for a really long time. And you mentioned that word luxury. That's what Vitae was. As a competent uh, backup swing tackle. Because that's all you're looking for. You're looking for a guy who can uh, basically not embarrass himself. Because yeah. O-line is one of those positions which is just incredibly yeah. de- deficient. Uh, throughout the league, John, you're and, you're breaking up. Ha- I moved where I'm at in my house. Maybe that helps. Um, okay, so what were you wrapping up with there? Well, in the fact of Vitai being a luxury and and what he was able to to do, to be as a competent backup tackle, offensive line in this league as a whole is an incredibly deficient position. I mean, there are so many teams just desperate to find five competent starters. And you start talking about tackle, uh, and it becomes even more difficult. So, you know, I, I got the and, – and it's logical. I, I mean, you get those players uh, – you get those fans who are panicking and saying, well, you got to go out and trade for a tackle. I mean, as Howie Roseman would say, they're not growing on trees. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, backup tackles in this league are just impossible to find. Impossible. So – I went around, I looked at the backup tackles in in the NFC East. Here's what you're talking about. Cowboys, Mitch Hyatt, Brandon Knight, uh, Giants, Chad Slade, Cam Fleming, Redskins, Jerron Christian, Timon Paris. Those are the guys you're talking about. Everybody is in this position. Like, nobody has a backup offensive tackle. You're, you're, you're thrilled if you have two good starters. So uh, that, that's, and that's why Vitae, by the way, got 
as much money as he did because that's how deficient that particular position is. And people are saying, you got to trade for – who do you think is trading a competent right. left tackle? It's not team? happening. It's it's very difficult as John McMullen right now. Um, check out all of his articles on Philly Voice and SI.com. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen. As John is detailing, it is very difficult to find not – to find one competent tackle to start, let alone two, for one of them to be a backup. I mean, it's near impossible. And that's why we're mentioning how spoiled we were when Big V was here. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not putting the guy in the Hall of Fame and on a pedestal. But to have depth at either line, um, offense or defense, is a massive luxury. And I think it's overlooked at times from the fan base. So, John, what do the Eagles do here to try and get back some of that depth that they once had? Well, I think I think the the biggest problem is experience. I mean, that's the one thing you could argue because the Eagles right now, as we stand here today, now with moving Jason Peters, which the organization has told me is the plan, so he'll be back at left tackle. And then you start thinking about, okay, the rest of the tackles here uh, currently have never played an NFL snap in a regular season game. So that part is a concern. You'd like to have a little bit of experience. Uh, and the Eagles have Jordan Mailata. They have uh, Prince Tega Wanango, who's their six-round pick from Auburn. Say that three times fast. Uh, exactly. Uh, you got to say Halapuluvati Vaitai and Prince Tega Wanango five times. Do that. <laughs> um, and then Jack Driscoll, who also played at Auburn. The, the Eagles drafted both the Auburn tackles. Uh, this year those are the guys you're talking about as the backup tackles as I said my hasn't played the snap they're both rookies so none of these guys have ever played before but if you go back to 2016 that's when the Eagles drafted Vitae he was a rookie and he was forced into action uh, when Lane Johnson uh, was unable to play at right tackle uh, and that he started and he, and he and he was competent at times and that's it's not like nobody plays rookies in this league yeah so i, I look at a guy like Wanango specifically i mean there's a guy most people most draft analysts had rated as a second or a third round talent who had some knee issues and that's why he fell so if his knee holds up i mean i i use him first and foremost because he's got more talent than Vita. He's got a better skill set. Mm. So that's what Jeff Stoutland's here for. You got to get these guys up to speed. I'd rather I'd rather throw Wanago if needed into the deep end of the pool than go get a veteran who you know can't play uh, because you've seen it in other places and, and throw them in there just to say, oh, they have some experience. So that that would be my path. I would just try to develop Wanago as quickly as possible. Yeah, and, and have... how how much more difficult is that going to be now with COVID-19, uh, obviously, in the pandemic and all of the, the changes that we are seeing uh, in the NFL because of this? And you've been there every single day now for what, John, two weeks yeah, we, we, we've been through two weeks, 10 actual practices, uh, and there'll be two more over the weekend, and that'll be it as far as open practices for the season. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. And that's the reason I advocated that the Eagles should go one more year with Jason Peters. I don't know. I wouldn't have advocated that in a normal year. I would have agreed with the the move forward with Andre Dillard, but you didn't have that offseason. You didn't have that on-field work where you could judge uh, how the young player is progressing. So that's obviously the case as well with rookies, and, and they're behind the eight ball. But the good part is everybody is in the same boat. And at some point, you're going to have to rely on rookies. And I do think it's going to be uh, thrown into the fire, so to speak, for a lot of guys around this league. And and when that happens, you might have some – Jim Schwartz like to, likes to call them startup costs. You're going to have some issues. You're going to have some hiccups. But uh, talent tends to win out. And, and talent tends to adjust pretty quickly. And when I go specifically, I think he's got significant talent. So if he can stay healthy, I'm not as concerned as most people. Extending the play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Follow John at JF McMullen. Follow myself at Wise Rye. Uh, Jacob Media YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. We're on all of the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, wherever you are listening. We are there for you. Uh, John, so you've mentioned 10, full, 10 days, two full weeks. Uh, a couple more here already winding down as far as open practices. You have, you have a decent um, body of work here that you've watched every day. How much different is the past couple weeks compared to previous seasons? Like how much less reps are they getting? How, like, what have you seen? You're like, wow, this is a lot different or not so much. No, I, I don't think it's been tremendously different once you get on the field. There's the obvious differences, uh, COVID testing, uh, for me specifically every day, temperature checks, masks, all that stuff. That's the weird stuff. But once you get in between the lines, uh, it's generally football practice, uh, which is strange, but that's another conversation that we've had many times. Um, and, and, and things tend to go as normal. Uh, I think the the major issue is no preseason games and the reps in the actual practices are essentially the same, but you don't have as many practices. You don't have uh, as you don't have any preseason games. So those are all reps you've lost. Uh, and for young players specifically, that's pretty important. <laughs> Certainly young players trying to develop. So I, I think that's the biggest issue. And then I think, uh, the second part from the coaching staff, you know, they got to prepare for Washington uh, on September 13th. And they also have to evaluate at the same time. And, and that's the case every year. Uh, but you have more time for evaluation before you get into preparation. Now they're kind of mixing the two uh, as best as they possibly can. So from that aspect, it's certainly different. Crazy, and we are getting closer uh, to, what, that Thursday, September 10th opening day, so to speak, for the National Football League coming right around the corner. Practice is already winding down as it just feels like they've just gotten underway. Um, we'll see how it goes here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Andre Dillard, uh, torn bicep out for the season. That is the big news. John McMullen had all the latest for you right here on Extending the Play. And, John, we will do another episode here. So when you finish listening to this one, head on over to the next. Because 
we just went in depth with the big boys, the offensive line. But now let's go to the pretty toys here, and that's the weapons and the man, number 11, Carson Wentz. I want your thoughts on how they've looked. Yeah, I, you know, Ryan, I, I think I, I just want on and on talking about the offensive line and not being as concerned as other people have been concerned. In camp, however, the defensive line has destroyed the offensive line. Wow. <laughs> now, part of that part of that has to do with the fact that Lane Johnson has been out. They're being cautious with him. He's got a lower body injury, so he's not out there. Uh, Dillard has been in and out of the lineup before this. He had a shoulder issue. Um, so they were playing a lot of backup offensive linemen with the first team. And they've been getting destroyed uh, more often than not by the defensive line, which is tremendously deep and talented. And I think that's affected the quarterbacks, not just Carson Wentz, uh, but all the quarterbacks as a whole, because they're running for their lives. Obviously, they have red jerseys, so they're not concerned. But just from a standpoint of climbing the pocket versus flushing, uh, it's been an issue. So the defense has no question been ahead of the offense. Although if you really want to focus down on that, it's it's not so much the defense ahead of the offense, it's the defensive line ahead of the offensive line. Because the receivers have been great, much improved. Carson's Carson. He's always going to be good. Zach Ertz is just off the charts <laughs> as far as where he is in his career. Um, all of that is good. But the offensive line has been far behind the defensive line. I don't hate that. You know, I don't hate that. Obviously, we want the offensive line to be uh, efficient and protecting Carson Wentz and establishing the run game. That's that's an obvious. Uh, but the defensive line is one of the most important pieces to the success puzzle for the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's good news. I'm fine with hearing that. Uh, the defensive line dominating the offensive line. So thank you once again for listening to another episode of Extending the Play with John McMullen and Ryan Rothstein. Head on over to the next episode because we're going to get more into those matchups that John just mentioned. Zach Ertz looking good. Dallas Goddard, how is he going to develop and expand his game this year? And all of the weapons that Carson Wentz has. Miles Sanders going on record saying he wants to be an MVP candidate and win the MVP. Darius Slay. Good luck with that, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of storylines and a lot of updates we need to fill you in on, so don't go anywhere. 